0: Okay. Well, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and now
1: if you're not completely satisfied. A few words from better <laughs> than in your name. Yet, <laughs> Everything pharmacy guys and welcome to rx radio a podcast about everything pharmacy today's episode is going to be an interview with dr mike corvino owner and founder of core consults rx dr corvino is someone that's super passionate about pharmacy and he's a huge inspiration for me and i really hope he'll be one for you as well all right so let's get started mike thank you so much for having me here having me in your city yeah buddy. i feel especially welcome to be with one of the most in my in my opinion famous pharmacists.
0: Ooh, yeah, let's not get carried away. On
1: social media, definitely in Charleston.
0: I appreciate it, man. I'm probably su- America. I'm super yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I'm super pumped to have you man. This is fun. I'm glad we're doing this.
1: No, this is exciting. I mean, uh, I'm really glad that we get to collab and and, you know, talk about pharmacy, talk about the thing that we're living for, that we're passionate about and uh Really wanted to start with, you know, just getting to know you a little bit better. I mean, you know, obviously we've met already for the first time today. I've gotten to know you, but let's... I uh, feel like we hit it off, too. I know, man. Yeah. It's, you know okay. it's you know what it is, and, you know, it's the sports thing, I think. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's super apparent. Uh, I wrestled in high school. Mm-hmm. You're... A professional MMA fighter well, well former. former now, now i out of
0: shape former professional <laughs> MMA fighter
1: but uh I think I think that connection like with even without us even because we didn't even talk about it for a while but I think that was like an apparent reason but
0: yeah for sure same, to, same kind of mindset
1: yeah but I wanted to you know get to know you a little bit better uh you know start from you telling me a little bit about yourself and in the formal way yeah for and sure. uh get it going that way
0: Cool. So, um, yes, I did undergrad. Uh, did a biochemistry degree in undergrad. Um, at that point, I was kind of undecided whether or not I wanted to do med school or pharmacy school. Uh, ultimately, went the pharmacy school route because I wanted to make sure I had the flexibility to kind of jump into several different things. Um, not that you can't do that with med school, but I didn't want to become a specialized, in, you know, let's just say cardiologist, and then yeah. realize I wanted to try something different later yeah. on. Uh, pharmacy gives you a little bit more leeway to, to jump into to different things. So, um, decided on pharmacy and kind of at the same time, going towards graduation, I started, I did my first MMA fight and uh, it was amateur, obviously, and I really, really enjoyed doing it. Mm. Uh, so much so that I actually told you the idea of just going that route and not even trying pharmacy school. But I uh, ended up applying and getting accepted and going and trying to just do both. And about, I guess it was after my first year, maybe in a second, I, I can't really remember the timeline, but somewhere in there, in the, the first or second year um, or beginning of second year, I got an offer to fight professionally. Mm-hmm. And um, again, kind of told you the idea of, well, oh, maybe pharmacy isn't for me and I, may, <laughs> I might drop out and yeah. just do that professionally and this, that, and the other. So I uh, decided against that eventually and, and kept, kept pursuing mma at the same time wasn't super focused on pharmacy i was doing enough mm-hmm. to get by but really didn't put a lot of effort into it yeah and uh somewhere around third year um just kind of had that realization and, and that summer before my third year actually i, I got married and uh kind of had the realization that the long-term game of mma probably wouldn't be there it's a hard sport it takes a number mm-hmm. uh, on your body and, and, and really can come, you know, one injury or away from your career being ended. Yeah. So um, went the safe route and kind of decided I was going to fully focus on pharmacy school and having the competitive nature that I do have. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I hit fourth year and realized that, okay, well this is, this is the real thing now. Like sitting in a classroom is one thing. Um, I, I hated it with all my being and mm-hmm. getting me to go to class was like, in active con I mean I just did not want to go. yeah and, but fourth year is a whole different ballgame because that's what I like. I like actually uh performing. I'm a kinetic learner. I like to do that action. So for me fourth year was awesome. And I was volunteering for any like projects that I was on, you know, that I could possibly get my hands mm-hmm. on. Uh, was just really going after it. And uh that's kind of where I kinda came into, you know, who I you know, the pharmacist that I that's sort of where I started molding the pharmacist that I am now. And, and, and realizing how many different opportunities there are and start I really start opening as many doors as I could. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, for me, it's a competition. Even if nobody else is competing with me, mm-hmm. I just, for my own psyche, I, I need to have uh, a competition. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm putting a jersey on. I'm, I'm going after somebody. I yeah, don't know who yeah. it is.
1: I just, I just want to take a moment for people to realize that uh, if you didn't just catch what, you know, a little bit of a description of Mike here – He was a professional MMA fighter in pharmacy school. Like, and there's some, there's people that complain like, oh, I don't have time to do this. This, this human being right here was in pharmacy school and was also professionally fighting. Let that sink in like let you think about that the next time you think you don't have time to do something because you have to study for something or you're in school or you're, you know, you're working 40 hours at a pharmacy, whatever your excuse might be. Like, don't say you don't have time for something. There's always there's always ways to make time one way or another.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I, I remember I take I took a test one day. And I had uh, like sweatpants and a hoodie on, so it looked like I was just wearing like athletic clothes. But underneath it, I had trash bags on because I was I had to cut like 20, 20 yeah. pounds to make weight. Yeah, and uh, I was taking a pharmacotherapy test, like just sweating my behind <laughs> off, and nobody nobody realized <laughs> That's it. So but, funny! Yeah. Oh my God, probably could have done better if I wasn't sweating. But yeah.
1: So uh, so going a little bit forward to now, uh, what do you, what are you doing now?
0: Uh, So right now, I'm doing a few different things for my actual income, and that's um, primarily I'm managing a pharmacy, a community pharmacy. Uh, So I do that full-time and have about three pharmacists that work underneath me, and then um, several technicians, probably six, seven technicians, and um, do that full-time. I also do a lot of the MTM uh, for that pharmacy and for the pharmacies that are surrounding it that are owned by the same company. Um, and then they also, I, I got a job right as I got hired on as a pharmacy manager, I kind of got offered to do this other job that's basically works like a, a private contractor for the city of Charleston. Mm. And it's seeing diabetes patients that also work for the city, so they're all employees of the city. And the city has this program where if they will meet with the D and their MD regularly, they get their diabetes medications paid for so these patients that are on insulin Mm -hmm. uh, it's covered. it's it's an awesome awesome program that charleston's doing and so i do that as well and actually meet with them one on one either at their job site or you know wherever they want to meet and um, actually have time to sit down with them and you know i'll spend an hour with these patients just going over diet just going over carb counting Uh, some of them need help with their Insulin, their dose titrations. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll collaborate with their physician and get them on the correct meds. Whatever the case may be, it's it's, it's a lot more hands on, a lot more one on mm-hmm. one because the city gives me the opportunity to do that.
1: Now, there's there's a lot of you know community pharmacists obviously out there that are probably listening uh, that are you know either maybe they're unsatisfied <laughs> with their current position, that they're maybe unsatisfied with their current position, or maybe they're just looking to do more. Uh, would you say that that's something that is a viable option for them to do? Or, you know, how, how did this come about? Is this something that's common here? or
0: So this kind of came down to there was a professor at MUSC, which is the school that I went to, who was already in the program. And I applied for this program four months after graduation. So I was a brand new pharmacist, just got my PharmD. And when I applied, the... I, I, they were very nice about it, but I got the impression they were like, wait, you've been a pharmacist for how long? Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. And they'll put you on a waiting list, they told me. And so I was a little disappointed, but I could just tell. I was like, yeah, you know, maybe one day it'll play out in like the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that professor is somebody that I kind of use as a mentor and really tried to work hard for on, on rotation. Every shred of responsibility he gave me, mm-hmm. I went for it. And continually like went to him after i graduated and tried to meet up with him with different Mm -hmm. projects he was working on just and keep in touch with him and show him that i wasn't just the same old kind of person Mm -hmm. and the next day the lady from the the coordinator that's in charge of the whole program contacted me and said hey uh the professor's name is um james starrett for yeah i'm sure he wouldn't mind sharing his name but Mm -hmm. dr starrett um is saying that uh, he wants to lighten his load of, of patients because he's got some other projects he's working on. He's working on telehealth and some things, mm-hmm. um, but he will only let them go to you. So we have to hire you if he wants. <laughs> if, nice. if, if you know, in order for him to Th- that's a So all that extra work I put in and like the connection I had built with him, um, where some people would look at that as well. Where how do you justify spending that free time? You're a student. You don't have very much time as it is. Uh, you just never know how it's going to yeah. play out. I would have never thought that si- I'd be in that situation, but I, that happened to me two years ago, and I'm still working for them, and it's been awesome.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great example of, you know, how to, why it's so important to really plant all the seeds that you can uh, when you're on rotations and to just not let any seed not go unplanted, I would say, mm-hmm. um, because you just never know how or, or what type of relationship or connection that could, uh, you know, bloom into after you graduate years down the line. So that's a really cool uh, a really cool example of that. I mean, I'm super passionate about MTM. Uh, I think that's really the future of pharmacy. And, you know, you definitely seem to embrace that as well with, you know, with all that you're doing. Um, let's let's move a little bit into, I guess, like the future of pharmacy. I mean, yeah. wh- where do you see that going? How, wh- how are you feeling about the future of pharmacy?
0: So some, something has to change. I mean, I'm not naive to the fact that reimbursement rates are, are down. Mm-hmm. Uh, companies are having to adjust whether it's tech hours or whatever it is and cut costs wherever they can, especially the big, the big chains, because they have to justify the the lack of profits. I mean, I'm a pharmacy manager. I see the spreadsheets, so I understand all that, uh, where I see it going and where it has to go is we have to innovate. There has to be new models that come up, whether it's MTM based or whatever it may be, uh, you know, with Amazon looking at jumping into pharmaceuticals, uh, There's just so many different avenues that people could go. Um, What telehealth, I think, is going to be absolutely huge for pharmacists, um, managing diabetes, managing hypertension, heart failure, all these very um, chronic uh, health conditions that are very complex, having access to a pharmacist via telehealth would be a huge, huge, huge benefit. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem I feel like in retail pharmacy or community pharmacy is that Especially the big companies are, are are very slow to innovate because they have certain metrics that may or may not be actually beneficial for long term mm-hmm. thinking, and it really puts it puts a damper on the quality that we can we can give patients, and we have to start innovating quickly because people are going to eventually lose faith in pharmacists if if the person goes to the pharmacy and gets doesn't get the customer service or doesn't get the time spent with them counseling, Mm -hmm. then they're going to, they're not going to see a pharmacist is the most trusted healthcare professional in the world anymore. It's going to be just the guy that rings up my, you know, my cotton balls when I go to pick up my prescription.
1: It's, it's getting tough because I feel like even, you know, I, I would probably say that even we're there now, whereas like people, when they go to pharmacies, they're not really caring you know Which pharmacist is filling their medications They're mm-hmm. not caring which pharmacist is providing counseling They just want to get their med- medications Filled quickly and obviously Making sure it's the right medication and safely as possible But I mean I think people Would argue that you know I, I actually wrote an, a medium article about this About how you know getting your prescription is not like Buying a loaf of bread like it doesn't matter you know who made that loaf of bread once it's something that you know you want you know where that bread is you know the type of bread doesn't matter where you get it from publix kroger Rite it whatever like you know the bread you want and that's just the one you're gonna get no matter where you get it from right and i think that medications is becoming something similar where people don't care where they're getting their medications from now you know and i, and I think that's why amazon is going to be able to come in and make such a difference one they're amazon right so they ha- their branding is amazing obviously um, they have the logistics and infrastructure to do damage in any, anything that they wanna do. But it's gonna be an ever an even bigger impact where in an industry where people don't care where they're getting their prescriptions from, like if they can get it super easily and quickly and efficiently from Amazon, you know, where is that gonna leave, you know, uh, the other community pharmacies?
0: And it's just a matter of time and before Amazon's using drones to bring medication to people. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's not far out. People people will laugh at that and think that it's something like that's like five years out max. Like yeah. that's coming. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the it's just the thing about Amazon that I think should scare a lot of pharmacies is that they they really embrace innovation. They are constantly looking for the next thing and and I feel like a lot of the pharmacies do not do not embrace innovation. They're not constantly looking. They're looking to meet, you know, certain metrics mm. and and not look for, okay, well, I can be profitable. I can squeeze a little bit more profit out here instead of looking, okay, what's pharmacy going to look like in 10 years? Yeah. And I don't know. I just, it's, it's hard.
1: Yeah, it's, it is, it is man. And, and like, I, I always try to figure out, like, I you know what's crazy? Like, psychologists. Mm-hmm. Right, I think psychologists and psychology has been the same. You know, th- their role in healthcare has been—we know what it is. Like, you have a mental issue, you know, or, or or you think you may have a mental issue, you go see a psychologist. That that model of care has been established for so long, but I feel like pharmacy. We don't really know what our model is. Like, we don't really have our real place in healthcare yet because it's just—it's always changing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like a long, like you know, a hundred years ago, we used to be making the medications. At, mm-hmm. You know, the the pharmacist at that time. Then it became to purely dispensing. You know, that was just the role was like just to get it out to make sure it was like the right one. And now, you know, with the you know the adoption of Farm D and and we're going into all these different industries we still don't, we don't really know where our future is going to be mm-hmm. you know in terms of being a pharmacist and we don't have that real play in healthcare and I, and I wonder how it's going to change now that you know we're moving away from the dispensing role like if you think about how 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 easy it is to dispense a medication now mm-hmm. you don't need a pharmacist there yeah, to really for do sure. that you know
0: and th- this is this is the the thought process and the the whole thesis that backs why I put the certain the content that I do on social media and things like that. Like if any of you guys who follow core console on any platform, if have had to have seen my hashtag learn every day. And that's because I see so many pharmacists who are in certain settings, whether it may be dispensing in a hospital or in community or retail, whatever, who can do their jobs, they can get by, but they are not ready for having to be forced into a different role. And whether that's the only role that, you're probably going to be forced into in the future is a clinical role. Mm. And instead of keeping up with clinical information and staying current, they are very complacent with where they're at. They're making good money and they're going to have fun on the weekends. They're going to have fun. when They get home from work. They're going to watch football. They're going to do this. And I just feel like it's, it's just one of those things you're setting yourself up for, especially the ones that if you're in your thirties or forties and you have no plans to retire, you should be really really uncomfortable mm-hmm. with if you're not continually looking for new certifications you're not you're looking for to enhance your education working on new models i mean you you have to be actively looking mm-hmm. but I, I feel like pharmacies honestly especially in the in the community setting and i'm saying this as a community pharmacist i feel like community setting pharmacists are one of the slack slackest group when it comes to continuing education yeah cuz you can get by kind. I mean, you're not a good pharmacist, you know, I don't believe you're a great pharmacist when you do this. I feel like you're, you know, bottom of the barrel, but you can get by without it cuz you can yeah. always just default to oh, just call your doctor. And and I despise that. Yeah. You know, especially when it's a question that a pharmacist should be answering.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, y- you really can get by by just, you know, after you get your degree, you can really stop learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you have to do your CE your accreditation, like whatever, but yeah, you can really stop learning and get by as a community pharmacist. I think you're, you're right in that sense. So I actually had
0: a pharmacist tell me when I was a fourth year, I was on my like second to last rotation. They said, really, you know, really take time to enjoy this because this is the smartest you'll ever be right now. Mm-hmm. Man, screw that. That yeah. is the worst I hate that attitude. I'm like, mm. that's the only proficient profession in, in healthcare that could get by with that. Mm. Nursing isn't like that. Dentistry isn't like that. We're the only ones that would ever let that come out of our mouth because yeah. that would be insanity to say anything else. Yeah. And so, and now looking back, you know, two and a half years, three going on three years after graduation, like I, I am so much more knowledgeable with mm. pharmacotherapy than I was when I graduated. Yeah. And I'm so glad I, it completely went against that mentality. because, yeah. which,
1: which it makes sense because you really, you know, when you're out practicing, you're on the field, you can start connecting, you know, this knowledge to people. Right. And you can start, and now it has real weight and real value when you deliver that knowledge. So, you know, it really doesn't make sense for it to say that, well, that's going to be your smartest time, where it's the least amount of time to be that smart. That's the least important time to be that smart. Like the most important time to be smarter or, or continue to gain that knowledge is, when you're out practicing, when it is meaningful. So I will say I've, um, you know, core consult, like I follow that all like that information that's on there. um, You know, again, you can find it on Instagram. Uh, He's on Twitter. There's an Alexa briefing, which is awesome. Um, But, you you know, you can get Snapchat. Also, you can get all your, you know, on social media while you're scrolling through your feed. You can get a bunch of topics and keep up to date with uh, with what's going on in in pharmacology and, and get those refreshers. A lot of updates on on studies. I mean, it's all a bunch of good stuff that's on there. So, if you're not already yet, make sure to follow Core Consult.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna add something too, like kind of going if it's cool. Yeah, go course, go man. go back and add uh, one little bit. You'll hear one of the arguments you hear about count, consulting patients and and spending the time going over certain meds or whatever it may be is that the pharmacist doesn't have time mm-hmm. in a retail setting or community setting, and in some cases, you know that's probably true. You may not have time, or it may put you behind. But this is my personal thought process on the matter. And that's, I'm always, every single thing I do, regardless of what it is, anything I do in pharmacy is always a pawn being moved on my, on my career chessboard. Mm. And I'm, op- I'm trying to open doors. I'm trying to look for different opportunities. So for me, I know that clinical pharmacies has to be the future. This dispensing model is not sustainable long term. So at some point in my life, I'm going to have to go the clinical route so regardless of whether i have to stay later because i got behind from when i did spend time counseling patients i'm going to practice that now because if i'm not comfortable practicing practicing with uh, or not comfortable consulting patients face to face on any disease state they happen to bring up then I'm not going to be able to do it when it comes time to really do it. And yeah. so for me, you know, I don't give a crap if you're not going to pay me or I'm not going to make more money or in, in the short-term game now. I'm going to practice that skill so that when I get out of it and all my other peers are now scrambling because they feel like they're out of practice and they're doing this, that, and the other, and I'm going to say, yeah, no big deal. What's the next model? Yeah. Let's go. I'm ready. Like that's where I'm, I want to always be ready. I don't, I don't know what doors are going to be open,
1: Yeah, but I know that I'm going to be ready to jump through it whenever it is. And that's honestly, I mean, like I'm, I'm getting chills right now hearing that because that is a like legitimate tip, I think for, for the community pharmacist specifically, because I mean, including myself, we can all agree that, you know, we fall behind clinically. Like there's no, and, and it's one of those things is because we feel like we're maybe not using it because when we're on the job, we're not using all these clinical knowledge and studies and getting all these questions asked. But if the trend continues and you know, the the next role for us really is our only option is to go clinical, like he's completely right. You you're gonna feel like you're left behind. You're gonna feel like, you know, you I, I think of the time, you know The recent political issue was, you know, the coal miners, like the coal miners all lost their job. Well, why? Because, you know, industry changed like that's what happened. Right. And I think it's going to be a similar situation with pharmacists. If you continue to not stay up to date, to not, you know, like keep your skills sharp that you'll end up like the coal miners one day. You'll look back in 10 years and say, oh, where's my old job back? Well, you know, if you didn't do what you needed to do to stay up to date clinically and be able to perform at a high level in your profession Right, you're going to get left behind, and it's
0: not just—it's not even just pharmacy. Any job, like truck drivers, are in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like eventually, we're going to have Tesla trucks or whatever brand it is uh, driving themselves. We don't yeah. need those people. Uh, there's going to be—I mean, I mean—the coal miners probably weren't too upset when other. Other uh, types of workers lost their jobs, whether it was uh, chimney sweepers or uh, bookstore owners or all these things like innovation is always going to constantly uh, change things and adapt. So you either have to be working on your skills now or or be left behind. That's yeah. the only two options. Yeah. And, and I just feel like there's so many people that are just unwilling to do that. And it's, it's mind blowing to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, how about let's let's talk about some advice and ways, I guess, maybe like that we can talk to like specifically pharmacists out practicing now. Like what are what are really good ways for them to stay up to date or, or other than obviously following you? Yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, other than that, what are ways that they can really stay up to date?
0: So <clears throat> there's lots of different I mean, lots of different sites you can subscribe to Medscape's one. There's um, Evidence Alerts. Uh, that's a free website that you can basically subscribe to and get email sent to you every night on clinical trials that are new for whatever topics you decided that interest you, or you want to learn more about um, there's a video on my Instagram showing you exactly how to sign up for that. Um, that's, I have no affiliation with them. I just personally use it. So I know it's good. And uh, you can sign, so you know, journal watch from new England journal of medicine. There's, there's so many different, so many different uh, avenues. You can go to, to keep up with information. Drugs.com tells we'll send you an email as soon as there's a new drug released. Uh, there's, there's so many of them. Um, the one thing I would say is you're a pharmacist, you make a six-figure salary, most likely. Spend a tiny bit of your money, whether it's one percent or two percent of your money every year on continuing education. And if you're, your your boards say that you have to have fifteen hours or twenty hours or whatever it may be in your state, like to to keep up with your license, that's not what you go by. You go by how much do you feel like you've learned? You don't care about how many hours of continuing education or if you even get credit for the continuing education and pay the money to, to enroll in a class, take a seminar, um, buy a new subscription to whatever journal. Um, and then if you're anywhere near a teaching hospital or a pharmacy school, go and volunteer. Like I, I cannot tell you how many times I have, gone down to MUSC, which is where I graduated from, and have helped out professors in the lab, have graded uh, patient con- consultation exams, things like that. I do it all the time. <clears throat> and I also go and um, spend time with some of the professors there that, I mean, are, are just, I'm, I, we have one guy named Wayne Wirt. If you haven't heard of him, look him up. He's been published on, I don't know how many different journals, and he's he's just done amazing things in family medicine. And He's right there 15 minutes from my house where he works. There's people that pay $500,000 to go to a seminar, see him speak, and I can go hang out in his office anytime I want.
1: Yeah, nice. And
0: I've taken vacation days from work and had pharmacists tell me that that's dumb, that I'm going to burn myself out because I'm taking vacation days to go do more pharmacy. Oh, you know, you should be going to have fun. You should be going to relax. I'm like, do you not see the, the value in that? It's worth well more than a vacation day. Yeah. For me to go hang out with this guy, I, and I've and I've learned an unbelievable amount. And because mm-hmm. I've developed relationships, now they've opened up more avenues for me to learn. And now it's it's just effortless I, working with students. I just have tons of information coming at me, but it's because I put in the work initially to make these relationships. Yeah. And and people that are at the top, they want to help you. They 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 look for people who. The reason they're at the top is because they did all the same stuff that you're now doing. So they want people who look like them because they see a little bit of themselves probably in you and they're going to want to help you. So why not take advantage of that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, definitely something that I see, you know, it, I think that everyone should be following along and, and realizing that, Hey, you need to, you know, build these relationships. You need to plant these seeds um, and really start making sure you're learning every day, you know, to, to be successful One hundred percent. and to continue on. Um, this was, so far, one of the most valuable episodes, I think that at least personally that I've gotten out, you know, from, uh, in terms of me being motivated to do more yeah, and me being, you, me being, you know, really excited about the future of pharmacy and, and seeing what we do. And, and I really do appreciate, uh, you know, you being on the show here with me. Oh man, of um, course. Anytime. I do hope we'll, this is one of many to come. Any, any parting thoughts?
0: No, just, uh, find out, uh, start small find a little bit of time that you can start reading some new material doesn't matter what it is as long as it's you know good solid data good solid content and and start like like Richard said start learning every day and uh, the more you the more you do it it'll just become effortless after a while you know it'll just be part of your normal routine and you'll be shocked at how much more prepared you feel for whatever comes at you in the future
1: and there it is Really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: No problem.
1: Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. I really hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I hope it was as insightful to you as it was to me. Please leave me a comment on Instagram or on iTunes. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Any feedback is going to be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, see you over the counter.